0: hello everybody and welcome back to the Brodo fantasy football podcast I am your host Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that are excited as hell right now we got a special guest
1: man yeah I'm, come I'm on move it move it move it along too. move it along. Let's, <laughs> get, let's, let's start let's start it nah
0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. The reason why we're moving along is because... Jason Moore is joining us today on the Real Recognize Real podcast. For those who don't know, um, he's part of the Fantasy Footballers. The Fantasy Footballers are award-winning, um, kind of the godfathers of fantasy podcasting in general. Um, they were kind of the first people to take an independent podcast and make it into something that is not only great in terms of the content, but also they've made it into a fantastic living for themselves. And shout-out to those guys for living out the American dream and um, – The reason why they're so good is because not only are they personable and are they uh, like their name, the fantasy footballers, they also know their stuff. One thousand percent know their stuff. So let's not waste any time. What do you guys say?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.
0: We'll talk after. Let's get right into it. Uh, The the real real hotline. uh, Jason Moore of the fantasy footballers will be joining us. Now up on the Real recognized, Real hotline is the realest of the real. Some would say he is the father of this podcast from afar. Him and the fantasy footballers are the reason why our brother, uh, us three brothers have decided to make this podcast, decided to turn our dream into a reality of the fantasy footballers. Mr. Jason Moore, thank you so much for giving us your time. And uh, it's an honor to talk to you, man.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad to be here. I love hearing the stories of you know the 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 ideas and the passions that are sparked from what we've done. It's always a, it's a blessing.
0: And if you guys didn't know, uh, the fantasy footballers are constantly, constantly in Fantasy Pros top ten rankings. Uh, they have multiple awards, including the iHeartRadio Award for Best Sports Podcast over ESPN and all of them, and completely independent, one hundred percent. I always talk to the guys about you guys because when we started this, I'm like, you know, there's this podcast called The Fantasy Footballers. You should check it out. I think that we could, like, you know, have our own fresh spin on fantasy uh, and make it work the way that they make it work. And I always tell them if I ever got to have an extended conversation with one of you guys, the thing that I would ask you first, the first thing would be who thought of the name The Fantasy Footballers because it is absolute (laughs) genius.
2: (laughs) yeah so um well here we are with an extended conversation and and you you kept true to your word (laughs) so back in the day when this was first starting out andy and mike started the podcast they they had a different podcast that was about our fantasy football league so it's just made for the other 12 people in the league that was that was and then you know they were they were already uh recording and doing all that and uh, dominating the league and so they're like let's let's do this forward-facing that's when they decided to make the fantasy footballers i didn't come on for a a couple more weeks i mean it was like i think they had 40 listeners before i was there so i was there in the beginning (laughs) but they named the 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 show and truth be told once it became you know okay we're going to do this outwardly um and have a show for the people it was ran like a business so the names that were gone through i don't remember others now but it really came down to SEO, uh, to to search engine optimization, and when your name is the fantasy footballers, and you search for fantasy football, uh, bonus. So that's you know that's where that 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 was probably eighty percent of the name.
0: Yeah, I I mean that's the way I found you guys. You guys definitely hit the like that sweet spot where the podcasting was just blowing up. I searched fantasy football on podcasting and you guys popped up. You were the first ones. And you have that magical potion where you have that name, your search engine optimization, and then you guys are real with the fantasy football rankings. And um, I mean, you have to be literally under a rock to not have heard you about you guys in the fantasy community at this point. And on top of that, you make the show so fun to listen to and uh, with the nicknames and the jokes and all that stuff. Um, when was it that you guys first... Realize that this is something that could be more than just kind of um, an on the side thing, and it could be a real business. Uh,
2: before the show started, um, mm. it it was actually when when the idea came up uh, for Andy and Mike to to do that, and I had been listening to the you know internal one. I, I knew what they could do on air, um, and I, I remember coming up to they, they they worked for me at our former company, um, Broken Bulb Game Studios, and. So we would we would be together every day talking fantasy football and I, I remember going to Andy in the kitchen once and just telling him like this is this is going to be huge and he was like oh man you really think you think it could be and I was like no I don't think it could be I think this will be huge so i I was a believer before it really launched before I was a part I I said that before I was a part of uh the fantasy footballers
1: that's awesome and, man how, how did when did you guys decide to like just leave, make this your full time. How did you guys come to that decision to just decide we're going? I know you were a huge believer, but even then, I'm sure you guys started and this wasn't like your main source of income. When did you guys decide to just go full head of steam, like this is what we are pursuing for our careers?
2: Yeah, certainly. I mean, we're all fathers of three with, uh, you know, house payments and real life happening. You can't just be like, <laughs> well I'm going to do something else. I'm, I don't make money yet full time. This is my new job. <laughs> um but at the same time we we were kind of pushed into it a little bit um i I had as i said we we ran a different company uh that was very successful we had you know 26 uh employees and uh you know a really really nice studio and had a lot of uh good times i left that company a couple years uh before the start of this podcast and during that time um we were Facebook gaming and that changed a lot and the company ended up going under so when we were launching this podcast it was about the same time that that former company which was still paying my bills went under so we kind of found ourselves jobless um moneyless and we needed to create a new career which we had done a couple times in the past Andy and I went and got our real estate license that was our job we were going to uh, become realtors, and I think we would have crushed it. I think we would have been <laughs> great realtors. Um, but while we were in real estate school, we had already started the podcast, so it was kind of a race between those two. But it was it was like a race between John Ross and garrett Blunt, and it, it was not a fair race. And right off the bat, it was like, oh, we're gonna do we're gonna do this one. So we never really used our real estate license. <laughs> and now, before we get into F- football.
1: I need to ask you one more question. This new Jason Eats segment. When did you realize that you're going to be eating cereal with water and spaghetti hose with disgusting yeah. stuff in it?
2: <laughs> so, we have our second podcast, the Spitballers podcast. If you've uh ever heard of that and it's just a entertainment podcast, just comedy. We no football. Uh it allows us to derail and just be there for entertaining the masses. And um, on that show, we talk about a lot of stupid questions, would you rather questions. We do uh drafts of just things you know favorite movies or whatever um and uh you know the the whole thing came up where you know in the quarantine time would you do cereal with water and mike (laughs) threw me under the bus and said well now we're gonna need a video (laughs) so that's that's where it started and uh, i've got a couple more a couple more of those planned out
0: great definitely looking forward to that man but all right so I mean, if you don't know who Jason Moore is, obviously you've been living under a rock in the fantasy community. If you haven't checked it out, check out the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Check out the Spitballers Podcast. Um, The reason why everyone knows about you is because of your fantasy football takes. So the first thing I want to get into is the NFL draft that just passed. Um, The way what we have nicknamed this past NFL draft was the workhorse apocalypse, where you saw so many high draft picks get picked to places where there already was an established running back, uh, you know, like Marlon Mack or Aaron Jones. Um, So the question for you is when you're looking at these guys and you're evaluating, okay, there's an established running back, but there's another running back coming in with a second round um, draft value on him. How do you, how are you approaching that in upcoming drafts?
2: Yeah, I I, I totally understand that because the places of, all of the top running backs in this class, there's another guy there, or it's not a clear cut opportunity, but I don't see this as the death of the workhorse back. Um, You know, Christian McCaffrey wasn't a workhorse back his rookie year. Uh, Lev Bell wasn't, you know, there's plenty of situations where a guy takes a little bit of time and, you know, he's, he's kind of in a situation with another uh, presumptive back there. Uh, You know, Derek Henry uh, took several years before he, uh, became the, I think you would call him the workhorse. So with Jonathan Taylor, uh, with J.K. Dobbins, with these guys, I think they're in situations where, yeah, this year, they're going to be in a timeshare. They're not going to be a, a year one fantasy star, and yet they are going to be a fantasy star. And I think they're going to be, you know, you know, if not a workhorse, I don't know if you'd call, uh, you, know, t- you know, prime Devonta Freeman a workhorse. You know, there was always Tevin Coleman there, but he was the running back one. Right. So uh, mm-hmm. I think we're all fine with that for fantasy. I I think the outlook for most of these guys, uh, be it Cam Akers, Dobbins, uh, d- Taylor, and and um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think they're all going to be excellent, excellent fantasy options. What about what about the guys that they are coming to back up? Be the Tevin
0: Coleman to their Devonta Freeman's? <laughs> uh, are you worried about them?
2: Oh yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. they're they're pretty much dead to me uh, <laughs> across the board. I don't I don't want. I don't want to get my hands on the piece that is on the way down. And that is in the process of being replaced. Uh, the only exception there might be Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is, um, you know, he, I, I think he will run ahead of Dobbins. Whereas I don't think Mac will run ahead of Jonathan Taylor, but you know, like for the whole year. Um, so I, I think I would be okay with uh, Mark Ingram. And, and that's a team where, they're going to run the ball so much that it's it's okay you know Gus Edwards had you know almost 150 carries last year and uh and that didn't hurt Mark Ingram
1: yeah when it comes to the running back landing spots though there's obviously one clear-cut winner who not only got the best landing spot but is number one in draft capital and that's Clyde Edwards Hilaire since the draft I've already seen him going in like The second round of drafts. When is too early for you for Clyde Edwards-Hela? Are you jumping right in? Are you just are you kind of waiting it out to see what's
2: going on there first? Uh, It's going to depend on your league. If you're a keeper league or a dynasty league, obviously very different. But let's talk keepers, um, because dynasty, you're you're a rookie draft, totally separate. Mm You you know obviously he's probably the first pick. If he's not, then he's the second. Um, (laughs) But uh, in, in a a startup draft that what that wouldn't be keepers. I think that. Yeah, you're going to have a slower onboarding process, but I would probably expect him to be taken by me near the, you know, the the back of the second. Um, and if there is a keeper situation there, um, you know, if you're keeping three or four guys, I think Edwards Alaire is going to have a, a a really good opportunity. I mean, when you pair with a coach that seems like he could just keep doing it forever, has done it forever, uh, a young best quarterback in the league. The offense that's outstanding. Uh a history of whether it's Westbrook or Shady or um Kareem Hunt or Jamal Charles. I mean, the running back for Andy Reid is going to be great. So yeah, I I'm I'm all in on trying to get him for the long term. And this was a guy that I wasn't crazy about pre draft. Um uh, I was lower than most people on uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire. He was uh I think he was overhyped by the LSU machine Mm -hmm. but now he goes to the Chiefs machine so it's like okay (laughs) I'm in that's that's great you know it's like oh you won't always have Joe Burrow you know opening up polls oh wait you got Pat Mahomes you're good
1: (laughs) no I mean I I love to hear you say that because we do that all the time we when people let their pre-draft biases enter their post-draft takes that's just a recipe for disaster uh, when it comes to these running backs, I'll just flip this on its head now. Rather than the first guy off the board, who's someone that you're, you you want to try to grab in the back rounds, like a uh, Anthony McFarland or a uh, Zach Moss or something.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, if if it's someone in the later rounds, um, I, it would it would probably be Joshua Kelly. Um, I think Joshua Kelly is a quality back. You know, he's not a world beater, but I think when you're looking at the back of drafts. I'm looking far less at the talent of the running back and more at the opportunity because running back is obviously that combination of talent versus opportunity. Opportunity is more important than talent at running back in the in the NFL for, for fantasy. If he gets the ball a lot, he's going to be good for fantasy. You could be the most talented back in the world, and if you don't get the ball, it's, you know, it's not going to help you. Um, and this is a role where you've got Melvin Gordon leaving. The presumed one is Austin Eckler. Who is not capable uh, of being a true workhorse guy? You know they split him out. They use him uh, as a gadget player as well. And um, you know because he's he's a little bit smaller, two hundred pounds or so. And and so is the other guy there, Justin Jackson. So I think Joshua Kelly has an opportunity to uh, uh, you know a path to a a large opportunity for uh, volume. So that that'd be the guy I'm taking the shot at.
0: Uh, one of the things that I learned from you listening to your podcast was rookie wide receivers stay away until week five six ish um, and then look for them on your waiver wire or else you'll just be burning a spot because usually rookie wide receivers don't make that kind of noise. Then again, we are in a situation now where rookie wide receivers are everywhere. they I think thirteen guys went in the in the first round, including, three guys who are borderline superstars as people are putting them um is there any of the wide receivers that went in the first round or even after the first round this year that you are going to kind of break your own mold on and draft and keep on your squad uh, in a redraft
2: yeah i think i think there will be um, this year i'll be a little bit more bullish you know generally speaking you're 100% right i just i avoid rookie wide receivers it's kind of like a as far as in the draft In the draft, I just let other people draft them. They get off to a slow start. And, you know, look at A.J. Brown. It was unbelievable last year. Eh, Not in the beginning. You know, it it, it took some time. Uh, You know, D.J. Moore the year before, it's like, oh, he was really good, but not in the beginning. So that I I think that is usually what's going to happen. And you could argue that it it will be slower this year without a true offseason program for these rookies to get caught up to speed. Uh, Jerry Judy would be one that I would take an exception on because I think he's slotted immediately as a starter and he could be one of those guys with 100 targets rookie year. Um, So I I would take a shot on him. Um, And I want to be a little bit more bullish because this is a draft class that has been talked about for years. The last time we had one of these was 2014. And in that draft class, there were several, I think, four rookies who were wide receiver ones that year if i'm not mistaken that was mike evans odell beckham um kelvin benjamin mm-hmm. yep. and who am i forgetting okay. and someone else I'm blanking on
1: the fourth too i don't
2: know yeah. i have to look that up <laughs> yeah i'm going to i'm going to have to look that up i, I could just be wrong that's <laughs> <laughs> that's also <laughs> not severe. um but yeah so this year i i think the talent dictates that I'll take a couple shots. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Hmm. Um you know, but in general, you're right. I, I avoid rookie wide receivers in the draft, look for them in trades or or waivers, you know, week four or five.
1: Let's be see.
0: careful. You forgot the lizard king, so you might get a spell mm. cast on you. And- yeah,
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> Let's touch on uh keeper leagues again, because you brought that up earlier. You see guys like CD Lamb, right? Who is supposed to be like he was like consensus top two in most rankings of the wide receivers coming out with Jerry Judy, and now he lands in Dallas with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Zeke. And then you get guys like Jalen Rager, who isn't as talented as CeeDee Lamb is per se, but guess what? He's on the Eagles where he could automatically possibly slot into the wide receiver one if he's able to uh, grow early. And then you got guys like Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, who looks like he might be able to make an impact right away. How's that affecting your, uh, your outlook on these guys in keeper leagues?
2: yeah I mean I uh, you know I I think all of those guys and and you can add in rugs landed in a situation where if um, if they're talented enough they can win out there are enough targets even when you look at um, CeeDee Lamb for the Cowboys you think oh no this is the worst situation you've got Gallup who was really emerging as a as a 1B if not just a a great two and Amari Cooper 100 million dollar man but they had the third most vacated targets this last year. They lost Cobb, they lost Witten, and now you've got a head coach who ran a lot of three wide receiver, four wide receiver sets. Had you know those those three wide receivers all performed for fantasy back in the day when it was Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and um, James Jones. James Jones. So I, I think all of these wide receivers are in good spots. I was a big fan of Jalen Rager um, in my evaluation. Uh, he was my third wide receiver uh behind the the Judy Lamb beasts and he finds himself in a good situation. So yeah, th- um, you know, I, I brought up uh Judy, but I think you just named outside of Ruggs, I won't take a shot on Ruggs, but outside of um that, I would say Judy Lamb, uh Rager and Jefferson are guys that in a keeper league or in a redraft league, I will I'll be a little bit more bullish than I usually am. To switch the tone to just general drafting,
1: so we're all pretty split here. I'm more of a, so I like to call my draft strategy seesaw running backs. So I'm I'm taking some studs in the first and second rounds, and then I'm a wait and then take more in the ninth or tenth rounds. Michael over here is straight up zero running back, heavy wide receiver, and Tim's a little bit of a mix. Uh, I
0: I just I just take as many running backs as possible as early as possible.
1: <laughs> all right, there you go. How do you? What's your main drafting strategy?
2: Well. It, it, first before you can really quantify that is you've got to know what the league settings are, right? Because if I'm in a league where it's three wide receiver, two flex, full PPR, then zero RB is, is a, is a worthy strategy and makes a lot of sense. If you're in a, you know, a a half PPR league where it's two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex, I'm going to be so much more on the running back early side. Uh, But so that would be the first thing to look at is what is the, the, the roster construction and then assuming it's a normal league, um, I am going to very much be running back heavier in the beginning, but never, ever, ever set myself. I mean, we say it all the time on our podcast. You got to stay water. I don't go in saying say my first two picks are going to be running back. I don't give a crap. You know, you, you don't always know who's going to mm-hmm. go and take that first-round quarterback or go crazy high on Travis Kelsey and just push more talent down. And I'm not going to take, uh, you know – of uh, an inferior running back to a star wide receiver, just because he's a running back.
0: Um, switching over to the, to the quarterback position. Um, one thing that the, the NFL outside of the fantasy world consensus has been is that the Jordan love pick by the green Bay Packers didn't make much sense. And I mean, when you're talking about a redraft, you're not going to be drafting Jordan love this year. Yeah. You're, you're probably not gonna be drafting Jordan love at all. If you're in any draft. Um, But one thing that you've mentioned and that we've mentioned on the podcast is that Aaron Rodgers has kind of been not only not Aaron Rodgers, but very eh, kind of playing it safe uh, kind of guy. Now, I contend that Jordan Love being behind him is going to push Aaron Rodgers to get back to the type of I don't want to say gunslinger because he never was a gunslinger, but kind of more of a risk taker, deep thrower that he was in his past years. Um, what's your outlook on Aaron Rodgers this year and how does the drafting of Jordan Love affect that
2: yeah my my outlook on Aaron Rodgers is not great I think that you look at last season and the success that they had winning games running the ball rushing touchdowns they go and spend a second round pick on AJ Dillon and they don't give much needed help to Aaron Rodgers I mean the wide receiving core is absolute garbage you've got Devontae Adams and then Pretty much nothing. Maybe, maybe Devin Funches has a has a resurgence. You know, you've got the Lazard King uh, there as well. But I mean this these are guys that shouldn't even be talked about as as a two. Um Jay Sternberger, you know, that this is a, a year two not super high draft capital tight end that I, I like, but I only like because he's in this crazy situation where Rodgers doesn't have any weapons. And if you look at him for fantasy last year, Rodgers was hashtag bad like he he had 3 really great games and outside of that he was not usually a top 12 quarterback on a weekly basis. If you started him all, all last year there's you know odds are you did not make the playoffs and so coming into this following season do I think it's, he's going to be extra motivated by Jordan Love? Absolutely. Do I think that that gives him more options to throw the ball to? No.
1: Yeah, I I thought that draft was just one of the most ridiculous drafts I've ever seen. A.J. Dillon in the second round. Like, that just blew my mind when you already have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams there. And to not grab a wide receiver later either, guys like uh, Gandy Golden even in the fourth round went, someone like that. Is there someone you think that could have gone in the fourth to seventh round area that could, maybe not an impact right away, but could be an impact down the road?
2: At wide receiver for the Packers? Is that what you're saying?
1: In general. Just in general. Yeah, I guess I worded that pretty bad. But <laughs> in general, because I'm saying they could have probably gotten someone late to help them. But do you see anyone who went somewhere else uh, late in the draft that could be a help down the road? Like someone you're not aiming for, particularly in redraft leagues, but maybe in a dynasty league you draft in like the 15th, 16th round. And then in two, three years, there's like a, a big return.
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough with those guys, right? Because... There's two different rules of thumb. You say, okay, going back to where a team was, it, you know, was there someone on the board that you would have taken at that spot and given them relevance? Well, sure. But as far as how the NFL draft goes, once the players are drafted, um, they're, the order of which they were drafted actually really makes a big difference. What day they were drafted, um, <laughs> you have this. I, I truly believe that if the same player, you know, who was drafted by the same team in the same situation were to have gone from a day three pick to a day two pick, that same player's career is completely different. They come into camp uh, with a different outlook. Game plans are built, you know, uh, around that. So um, I don't look for late round NFL draft picks to be sensational options later. I look at the opposite. I look at guys that were drafted with high capital that weren't pre-draft talked about van jefferson is a, is a good example right van jefferson a lot of people that are casual fans when he's drafted go who who's van jefferson denzel Mims is still on the board you know uh antonio gibson and lynn bowden and uh, brian edwards and uh, all these guys gandy golden and people's jones all these guys that were talked about higher they were still on the board well they were still on the board and McVeigh decided to spend the second round pick on Van Jefferson. So I, I look more to, to find later because Van Jefferson will be a late draft pick. Yeah. Um, I I've done two dynasty league rookie drafts where he's a third round pick. Mm. This is a guy <laughs> say whatever you want, but he was just drafted in the second round by high power offense that lost Brandon cooks. You might not have loved them before the draft. It don't matter what you like or love it matters. What McVeigh <laughs> likes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I tend to really weigh uh the draft capital versus trying to find gyms super late.
1: Yeah, we're on board with you with that strategy. The one kind of caveat is at the tight end position. We've seen Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, third and fourth round picks. It's because rookies take time to develop, so they're not going to get the ho- – tight ends take time to develop, so they're not going to get the highest draft capital. I was shouting at the rooftop not to waste your fab on – uh, TJ Hawkinson at the end of week one last year. Uh, is there a rookie in this draft class where the tight ends weren't really spoken much about that you're looking at for a year or two down
2: the road? Not, not really. This, this was a, I feel like personally, it was a, a weaker uh, tight end class. Um, certainly that doesn't mean that nobody will hit, but you're talking about, I'm not going to take a shot. Like I've, I've gone through a couple rookie drafts. I haven't drafted a a, a tight end. Um, because they take so long to develop, I don't want to clog my roster and especially when you're talking about a guy that is a lower draft cattle because there weren't first round guys, they're not gonna get the opportunity to break out for a couple of years and that's not to say they won't break out, but I don't want to wait. I'm not playing for three years from now. I'm playing for the next three years. so i I tend to be someone that um does not care about getting the tight end that's gonna pop four years from now. I'll trade. For veteran tight ends that people don't really want um you know like last year you could have got Jared Cook pretty easily um he's older and uh, give me Jared Cook last year over Noah Fant last year even in a dynasty because it's like I want to win championships (laughs) you know not not hypothetical theoretical championships down in the future when my team will really develop to be perfect I'm always trading and making moves to have the best active roster
0: Um, So we've kept it pretty positive, but let's let's get a little negative because the, the key to fantasy football, in my opinion, is not only making the correct pickups. And you say this a lot is the your league is not one in the draft. Your league is one with pickups during the year. But in order to pick someone up, you have to drop somebody else. And some of the hardest decisions to make in fantasy is when to drop a player. So, is there a rule of thumb? I know you guys have the, 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 what is it called? The NBA jam rule for someone who's, who's actually doing well. Yeah. For heating up. Um, do you have a rule of thumb for when it's time to just cut a guy loose and cut your losses?
2: Uh, You know, I, I don't think I have any general uh, on paper rule. You know, I would say this that usually when there are older, um, running backs, um, I am quicker to release them if you're talking in a dynasty league, people that don't have jobs that are older, I'm not going to hang around forever because I don't believe, you know, I'm I'm pessimistic in their outlook. Um, you know, I I had an opportunity to buy Devonta Freeman a little bit cheaper. I just kind of didn't do it. I dropped on Lewis. Um, you know, when when you're older as a running back, the league chews you up and spits you out. So, um, it, you know, if, if you're talking about a dynasty league making drops, which maybe that's just where my brain is because I've been faced with those decisions this week mm-hmm. of like dropping existing veteran players. But if you're talking in a redraft league, when do you drop a guy, uh, you know, in week three, in week four that you drafted? Um, that's, that's a case-by-case basis, um, and I think that's why at the draft – What you want to do in your back picks is take guys that you are going to find out whether they are right or wrong, whether the the talking heads of the world of fantasy football are right or wrong in week one. You, you look this guy, we don't know who's going to get the first run. It could be this guy. People expect it to be that guy. I'm going to, those are the type of draft picks I take. So that at week one, the cut is easy. Uh, I don't have to wait three or four weeks. I don't want to draft a guy. This is why I don't usually draft rookie wide receivers, right? I want to draft a guy who you're going to find out the answer super early in the season, not a guy where it's like, I'm going to hold him and wait until he gets his chance. I hate doing that. I know That was a gem.
0: That was a gem, everyone. (laughs) Just got knowledge dropped on you.
2: I I know
1: it's very early on in the season, but is there someone already that you're eyeing this year that just seems like, he is going to be a tremendous value that you see yourself getting a lot of.
2: Hmm. Um, I I haven't. uh, So right now, now that the NFL draft is over, we're going through all of our rankings. We stat out every single player on every single team go deep and it's a deep dive. It's, it's a torturous affair, (laughs) but that usually lets me see who I'm really going after because it takes out um so much of the you know we just did our early season rankings and those on the podcast are thoughts those are feelings those are opinions do I like a guy do I expect good things um you know we're just making a ranking list we're looking at a list of player names and we're moving a guy ahead or behind other names I like this guy more I like but then when you stat everybody out And you see things that make sense. You know, this team isn't going to have a thousand rushing attempts between this running back core. Um, You look at historical averages and market shares and all that. Then all of a sudden you look at your rankings and you just let the chips fall where the stats lie. And it says, um, wow, apparently I think this guy has a huge opportunity this year. I didn't think that I would take him over all these players. So I don't really have my opinion formed yet as to a, a specific player I'm targeting. But if we had done this podcast in about two weeks, when I'm done with that, I'll have some names for you.
1: And when you're uh, ranking, how do you weigh the difference between opportunity and efficiency? Because we here, we are a podcast. that's all about efficiency. We have a statistic known as true values that measures the worth of targets to tell you how many fantasy points each target is worth. And Ryan Tannehill, surprisingly or not was number one last season. So every throw from his hand resulted in the most fantasy points of any quarterback in the league. Now, A.J. Brown exploded um, with that, even though he didn't see as many targets as other guys. So how do you balance efficiency and
2: opportunity? I'm an opportunity guy. I'm, I'm always going to take the opportunity over over efficiency. Um, you know, I'd rather have the Zeke than the Camara, for example, um, because I think it's more predictable and it's stickier. Um, I mean, obviously you want both, right? You, you want a guy who's <laughs> got a lot of volume and he's super efficient with it. Um, but when you're looking at fantasy points and efficiency on that side, a lot of times those things are tied to touchdowns, right? Because that's where the the juice comes for, um, uh, total fantasy points. And, and on that side, I certainly wouldn't get too caught up on, on the efficiency because touchdowns aren't sticky. Um, guys that get 13, 14 touchdowns in a season mm-hmm. can turn around and get six the next year. You look at Julio Jones' early career where it was like, oh, he can't score touchdowns. Oh, he's double digit. Oh, he can't, he can't score touchdowns. Those don't come, uh, even though he was still f- consistent with his volume year in and year out. So I, I, you know, generally speaking, I am far more I care when I'm statting guys out about their carries. Like I do a lot of, a lot of research when I'm statting these teams out on what I expect their carries to be uh, and their targets to be um, and their pass attempts for, for each position. Those are the numbers I try to be the most accurate on. Um, I think everything else flows out of that.
0: So you mentioned that, that, that accuracy on, on being able to predict how many times a guy's going to touch a ball, how many guys are going to throw a ball. Usually when you're talking about uh, offenses, not that many quarterbacks change team year from year, at least starting quarterbacks. And then all of a sudden this year, we had this kind of huge turnover with guys that we're used to seeing in one spot and not in another. For example, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, guys like this, who we've grown accustomed to, okay, James White is going to have some fantasy value because Tom Brady likes throwing the guys out of the backfield. And that the tight end for the Chargers is going to have some value because Phillip Rivers historically uh, throws to tight ends. How do you evaluate guys like that now in a completely new system, in a completely new city, um, on, on the other end of their career where they're a little older? How, are you, how do you try and, and reconcile that between the offensive system that they're going to and the player themselves um, and, and their tendencies?
2: Well, you don't throw anything out. Um, and you don't make a general rule that is going to be across every player and every you know. You, you take a look at the specific the specifics, right? Bruce Arians' system doesn't really throw to the tight end. Tom Brady has utilized tight ends specifically Gronk. So one of those two things is presumably going to be wrong. But when you're when you're statting these guys out, you want to take a top down approach. What I do um, in my process because I go team by team is. Um, ironically, so like Philip Rivers would have been a great example of if he was on the Chargers, I would stat out Philip Rivers first because you have so much data as to what he does about how many yards, about how many touchdowns, about how many picks, about how many, you know, his, his averages are pretty locked in. Um, and then I will take those stats that he is going to develop and I will split them up amongst the team. Well, when, when there's much more confusion in there, say, Josh Allen last year, how am I going to stat him out? Is he going to take a jump up? Is he not? I don't have this kind of historical data. I do it the exact opposite approach. I stat out the weapons and the players and what I believe they will get, and I let that dictate where Josh Allen falls. Um, so this year, when it comes to Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers and trying to figure out how they lie. I'm probably going to take that reverse approach for them for the first time in several years Hmm. and set out their team before them and see what I expect their team to, you know, to provide them. But you're also, you also have to use logic, right? Like there's a reason Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers throw to the running back. It's because they don't want to get hit at their age. They're not going to run They're, You know, the, the pocket breaks down, they're dumping the ball off, whether it's to the ground or to a human, over and over. So, you know, you, you have to keep that in mind with tendencies. Um, it's not just they, they you know, Philip Rivers throws to the tight end because he likes the tight end. It's why. And so you you want it's, to, it's hard to keep everything in your mind while you're satting guys out, but it's also fun. It's a fun challenge.
1: We're just going to end it there because you're hitting us with some incredible insight honestly some great work thank you so much jason i could ask
0: i could ask you questions all day man yeah
1: (laughs) we We know you got Um, other things to do but thank you so much again honestly you're an inspiration to all of us and we've been following your work for years and it's just
2: great to have you on the podcast with us i appreciate the time best of luck to you guys hope uh hope your podcast grows and everything works out well for you guys thank you you, why why don't you plug
0: why don't you plug yourself before you go
2: sure you can find me on twitter at jason ffl uh the fantasy footballers wherever you listen to podcasts you can uh subscribe to us there the spitballers podcast if you haven't been listening to that you know it's a family friendly comedy which is like non-existent in the world um good for quarantine time but yeah you can you can pretty much find us wherever on it on any and all platforms including now soon on tiktok apparently oh man. uh-oh uh-oh I'm throwing
1: out a uh, banana and mayo suggestion for Jason eats because oh, that's disgusting. A, a banana disgusting and combo. mayo sounds <laughs> sounds special. Sounds special.
2: My next uh, one, I'll give you insight. My next Jason eats will be a sandwich mm. that is, I believe, raisin bread, uh, bologna, cheese, mustard, peanut butter, jelly, and yikes. I think I'm missing an ingredient. You got
1: the salty-sweet combo going on, though. That, honestly, I was going to say, that kind of sounds good. The baloney is is <laughs> what
2: does it in. It yeah. doesn't you know, belong we'll there. We'll see. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. All I appreciate right. it. Thank it's you, Jason. Jason
0: Moore, thank you so much for coming on. That was Jason Moore, the fantasy footballers.
1: Again, thank more. Thinking,
0: yeah. I mean, honestly, we could have sat here and talked fantasy football with that guy for like three, four, five straight hours if they honestly, let us.
1: Honestly, I, I wouldn't go to sleep if he was willing to stay that long.
0: Yeah. And, you know, just uh, we want everyone to know, like we we touched on it briefly, but um, the fantasy footballers were kind of the first guys to do this independent podcast thing where they really took it to the next level. And they are the inspiration for us. And in the little conversation we had with Jason Moore before the show, um, like one of the things that makes them such great dudes is that they don't they don't look at people like us and say, you're trying to bite us and and. Like, forget you guys. We hate you. No, they embrace us. And they say they love hearing the stories about the people who um, who got inspired by them to do what they do. And we are lucky enough to not only get to do this, we are making a little cash off of it. And we have built a little community of people. Shout out to the Tingle fam. Shout out to the Discord that not only have we become. Um, they're go to people for fantasy, but we've also become friends like legitimate friends with these people. Um, and we thank you guys so much for that. And honestly, it wouldn't have been possible without the fantasy footballers, Jason Moore, Mike Wright, Andy Holloway, uh, the fantasy footballers, all the guys, they have been such an inspiration to us and they're such good dudes and their podcast is so good. We're not, we're never going to sit here and tell you to listen to another fantasy football podcast, but listen to them
1: because it's worth it. I think they said um, it because we told the Discord that we're going to have Jason Moore on this week. And one of them was like, I only listen to you guys and them. So many people and have said that to me. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's like awesome. <laughs> like, those are the yeah. only, like how they are. It's like, if you're going to listen to someone else, it's the fantasy footballers. Like, if not, then then I'm not going to support them as much. And you should only listen to <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Don't. The fantasy footballers. Don't listen is, anyone else cool. but us in the fantasy yeah. footballers. <laughs> Y'all crazy. Um,
0: yeah, so he also, like, just, just dropped some knowledge on us. And um, just put in on a, a time that's very, plan. I mean, I, I was going to ask him a whole bunch of questions. But let's, let's talk about it just among us. Um, I didn't get to answer this question because we told him that he was going to be on for 30 minutes and it ended up being on for 40. So, uh, sorry, uh, Jason. <laughs> hope, hope you will forgive us. But um, I'll ask you guys. We're looking at an unprecedented time right now. Uh, We're looking at a a possibility where there's going to be no training camp. We're also looking at a possibility where there's going to be a seventh wildcard team. Only one team's going to get a home field by. Fantasy football is going to look different next year. How do you guys think it's going to look different?
1: I think it's going to be glorious in that you no longer will have to worry about teams being so good that they sit their players. The fact that there's only one bye, I've always thought two bye weeks per conference was stupid. I was like, there's no reason why four teams should just be able to sit at home during the uh, during the first round of the playoffs. Like, congratulations, you came in second. Why do you get to sit at home? So I actually like the new only one team gets uh, home field advantage consideration because now you could have say, I don't even. I was gonna say the Patriots and Chiefs, but who knows? Now that Brady's gone, if the Patriots are gonna be the 1A and 1B with the Chiefs but say you have the Chiefs and the Patriots just as an example every year as the top two if they're both uh 11 and 3 and they're going to be coming down to the wire for the number one spot they're not going to sit their players they want that bye week I would describe this year as rewarding I think it's going to be very rewarding for the people who put the time in and the people who really try because there are so many variables to balance a lot of veteran quarterbacks have changed teams. A lot of rookie running backs came in. A lot of rookie wide receivers. There's, there might not be a training camp. There's so it's just such a weird football season that this is the year where if you know your shit, you're gonna win. So I think it's gonna be very rewarding for us, our patrons, and everyone else out there that listens to us and the fantasy footballers.
0: <laughs> Cheap plug by Jason. Well done there, Jason. Well done. Um. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. First of all, that's how I got my start in fantasy football because now everyone and their mother can win a fantasy football championship because there's so much data out there and there's so many people telling people to do the right thing. I started playing fantasy in 2004, 2003, I think, a long-ass time ago, and I was the only one that would be digging deep, so I would win fantasy championship after fantasy championship after fantasy championship without really anyone giving me any type of
1: challenge. And then me and Jason. Um, started beating you
0: <laughs> uh, actually it was you guys jason Burles, joe tina kevin mercilich yep. we're always my main Were my shout out to those guys um but yeah i think this year more than ever you're gonna see that i also think we're gonna see a lot like if you if we went through the adps of the past in the patreon episode um and we when we were doing a, f- a three-year uh, look ahead I think ADPs are going to be even more similar this year than regular years because coaches are going to be less likely to play guys um, that haven't had training camp and stuff. I also think that the second half of the season is going to look completely different than the first half of the season. I'm talking about teams that were losing in the beginning are going to start winning. I'm talking about fantasy players who are on the on the waiver wire without injury are going to win you fantasy championships i think this is going to have to be the most fluid any of us has ever been um willing to say hey i'm taking an l on a take that i had preseason to switch up and go this way now um, more than ever i think that that's going to be the case this year
1: you always get those teams that are like six and two seven and one eight and no, oh, halfway through the year that don't want to change their team because it's going so well that end up being like, no, you're not even afraid to play against them in the playoffs because things yep. have changed so much from the first a half lot. of the
0: season. Every year there's a team like that. Don't Every year. That,
1: don't, don't be that, be that team. Be I mean, mean, be the team that starts 6-2, and 7-1, and one or 8-0. No, don't be the team scared to make moves.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we got an, enough gems were dropped on you by Jason Moore and, of course, the Brodo Bros um, today. So uh, we're gonna cut cut this off. We're gonna bid you adieu. Before Don't forget. Before we cut
1: you off, you have to check out our uh, our new article by our new writer, Jake. Well, uh, I was high I was gonna takes. mention
0: that at the end, but go ahead, Michael, since you want to cut
1: me off. Jason pointed out to me that the name of the uh, the segment is High Stakes Takes because uh, the new writer Jake has had a lot of success in the FFPC and NFFC and high stakes leagues. Jason pointed out to me that the dude's name is Jake. We could have totally just named it Jake's High Stake Takes. We can still. We can still. It's totally worth Michael to say this right now. <laughs> I'm so glad this is being. No, because I right. just thought it was funny because Jason came up with High Stakes Takes and didn't even in- take into consideration the name also rhyming. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, well, Jake's Jake's High Stakes <laughs> Takes
0: are um, say that's ten times fast. Jake's <laughs> High Stakes Takes <laughs> High Stakes Takes um, is available now. The first article is five players that will outperform their ADP in the upcoming season. So check that out. Um, Yeah, we're going to keep adding to the Brodo team. If you're a Brodo listener and you want to be part of the Brodo team, um, just like the fantasy footballers, we are all about the grinder. Uh, We'd rather have someone off the couch who loves fantasy football, who wants to get their feet wet in the industry, that really knows their shit and that's been winning their home leagues for years, rather than like Field Yates getting on the podcast. You know what I mean? Like, no offense to Field Yates, but, like, he's established somewhere else. Like, we, I I want the up-and-coming people coming this way. So um, if you're an up-and-coming person, make sure to contact us at Brodo Fantasy. That's how Jake got in touch with us. He actually got in touch with us about um, being part of the podcast. And, you know... We put him through a little bit of a test, and he passed that test. And we we are really looking forward to him being a part because we believe in what he's doing. He's won uh, many. uh, He's won tens of thousands of dollars in these high stakes leagues. So um, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing, and I can't wait for his knowledge to be passed on to you guys along with our knowledge. So and keep an eye out.
1: Yeah, because he's going to be releasing articles. Uh, I think Michael's going to start writing some. Yeah, and uh, I'll be done with final soon, so I'm gonna start getting on that as well.
0: Uh, yeah, you know the uh, the teaching year is winding down as well. The articles are coming. Uh, I I usually don't it's give time plans now. out. Post, post yeah, NFL. I usually don't oh, yeah. give plans out, but big plans for the YouTube this summer. Um, uh, a special special segment for all fantasy players. Um, I won't give it out yet, but some special stuff coming out on the YouTube. Uh in the early summer and the mid summer and the late summer um we're going to keep with, stream. what do we call what do we call the summer series last year summer, the one heat, wave. One?
1: summer the heat, heat wave the heat wave we're going to come back Your with memory, the heat wave tim jeez uh, <laughs> we're
0: going to come back with the heat wave this year where we preview all 32 teams in terms of fantasy um last year we had a lot of hits some misses we're not perfect but a lot of hits
1: i showed you guys Ryan a tweet Tatum. the other day it was funny like one uh we got to Someone commented on our stuff like two months after the summer I ended on the Titans video talking about how we were so wrong about or just how we're idiots because of Ryan Tannehill or something. I was like, dude, pick anyone else. <laughs> he's Literally like, no, pick got- anyone else. He's the true throw value king. The stat he's he's like, like, Your pre- guys' takes
0: are hilariously awful. You guys underrated Lamar Jackson who, who no, I don't know anyone besides <laughs> Impy who called Lamar Jackson being MVP, but we sat here and we told you. Especially me, out of my mouth came. I don't, I am not in the, in the, in the, in the, like, I don't know. Anti
1: Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you not liked, even that. Like, you, you were I'm not uh, very Lamar Jackson. Pick him in like the 10th, 11th round.
0: Yeah, I was in the school of he could throw too. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, well, he'll run, so he'll be the good. I'm like, I don't buy he didn't throw because he looked like he was timid in his rookie year. And I, I want to see him really go all out. Um, but anyway. Um, if you want to go back and check those out on the YouTube is youtube.com/ broto fantasy shout out to the subscribers who got us to 100 so we can have our unique URL um, it's over 100 now so go check that out right, youtube.com/ brodo Uh a lot going on there if you want to contact us about writing for us or producing stuff for us at brodo fantasy on Twitter and brodo at gmail.com is where you can find us if you want to contact us personally Jason where could they find you at Michael at Brodo FF Mike. And you can find me at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. On top of that, we have a hub for everything that we are. Um, That's where you can find everything Brodo Fantasy. You're going to be able to see the Jason Moore interview on video. Um, he came to us from the studio. with he, well, He's well lit. The twins are well lit. He's well lit. And I'm over here in my yellow ass lighting. Um, looking like a yellow Quarantine, person because because uh, I'm quarantined in my house right With now. Your Bob Marley on your door. With my Bob Marley on my door and my and my workout, uh, <laughs> in my workout balls in the corner. Um, but yeah, uh, shout out to Jason Moore again. Uh, shout out to you guys for being part of the podcast. If you want a second podcast, don't forget to sign up for the Patreon. patreoncom slash Fantasy. We're also doing a giveaway. Uh, today we'll announce the person who just won the Bob Lung. Consistency, um, yeah, Consistency Guide. So we're going to announce that on the Patreon episode. Uh, we're going to be giving out a ton more. We've already given out a... Uh, well, what was it? The signed Willis Sin-
1: McGahee jersey. A, signed Willis McGee jersey. Cam Newton jersey, bobblehead.
0: Cam Newton bobblehead. Now, of uh, course, Aaron we Rogers. want to make sure that these things are safe. So we're waiting for everything to <laughs> die down to actually send them out. Yeah. Um, but we will be sending those out uh, to the people who won. We have their information. It's going down. So if you want, the, if you want your chance to win some stuff uh join the discord get an extra episode every week um this is your opportunity as the it is seven o'clock on the east coast as everyone salutes the first responders as do we on this podcast and we salute you guys for being part of this podcast so with that being said uh i hope you enjoyed and i definitely know you did because jason Moore killed it and we'll be back next week peace out
1: later later